Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Again, very brief tonight, I just want to speak on this thought, the yoke of freedom. The yoke of freedom. Lord, we thank you for the presence we're already feeling. In this place, God, you've shown up in a mighty way today, God. You began to do a work in lives today, God. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the freedom that we have in you, Lord God. You are a mighty God, a holy God, a righteous God, and our freedom is in you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, anoint this service, God. Touch us tonight, God. Bless us with your presence, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. You can be seated. Something has happened. Something is going on in the church. I noticed that with Pentecost, the theme was shift. The camp meeting this week was outpouring. Something is going on, and God is doing something with his people and with his church. He's doing something with the body of Christ. I don't know what it is. But we are in a battle, like I said, against every principality that the enemy is trying to throw against us in this day and time. We hear all the time that we're in the end times. I'm one of those that believes it. I don't know when it is. I don't get caught up in what it is. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter. I know it's coming. But I know who wins the war. I already know what the vic- who has the victory. And I know if I stay in this, I've got the victory. And that's the victory that I want to have in my life. It's hard It's hard to go through and live in this fallen world. Go to our job places, go to our family functions, whatever it may be, and see those that are just entangled, entangled in a bondage, and fight and struggle for so long, like I know that I did for so many years, fighting and saying, but this is where it's free. This is the freedom. Young people thinking, I just want to go out and get away from this and go out and have fun. There's no freedom out there. This is where the true freedom is. Let me assure you and promise you, and I can get an amen from probably everyone in this place, that this is where your freedom is. Hallelujah, Jesus. This world offers nothing but death. Nothing but death. But the enemy is just out to seek, to take us from that young age. The enemy is coming at us, trying to get us from a young age. And I see so many people in bondage caught up in something that the enemy has entangled them in, and then it becomes a bigger yoke and a stronger yoke, just throwing little yokes out and little yokes out and little yokes out until people are so messed up in their heads that they don't know what's right from wrong. They don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. They think, I'm not going to go to church because that's where the hypocrites are at. And there may be plenty here, I don't know, but I know we're all fighting for the same thing, to get out of that yoke of bondage and take on that burden that's light that Jesus promised us. But the enemy's out to kill, to destroy, to steal. That's what he does, just seeking this earth, seeking our children, seeking us. And we may think, okay, it's enough. You know, I bring my children to Sunday school. I bring them, and and I let them, them get you know, taught the word of God and, and go in and get blessed. And amen, I'm so thankful for that. But the enemy's saying, okay, that's fine. You can take them to Sunday school. No problem. But what are they watching after church when you're tired and you want to go home and take a nap? What are you going to put in front of them to entertain them? We struggle with it ourselves. I'm not throwing any darts because trust me, 
It's the easy thing to do. But I want to empower my daughter. I want to speak the Lord God to my daughter. I want to have her pray over our family when we're eating dinner or when we go to lunch. I want her to pray. I want her to hear the things of God. But the enemy is saying, that's fine. You can go ahead and take them. I'll just wait till you take a little break. Boom. Put a little yoke on them. Then the next day they go to school or wherever it is that they go. And you say, you know what? It's okay to send them home with that family. I, it gives me a break. I know that they're not exactly you know, serving God or even in church. But it's okay. I'll go ahead and let them go home because it's going to give me a little bit of a break. Meanwhile, we have no idea what they're hearing or what they're learning at those, that, that house. We say it's okay to let them watch this movie. It's just got a little bit of witchcraft. It's not that big of a deal. Let me go ahead and just let them watch that. Let me go ahead and let them watch this movie that's got a little bit of language in it. It's okay. It's going to give me a break. Meanwhile, the enemy's saying, yes, there it is. There's a little bit of a yoke I can start to put on them right now. There's a little bit more. Go ahead. Just give me, give me, an, op- give me an opening. Give me an opportunity. Oh, you're going to entertain your family tonight with this movie? Okay. The enemy's saying, thank you. I got a little bit of an opening. Now I can go in and I can just put a little nugget in your child's life. How much are they getting of this? How much are they getting of this other than just coming to church? And it's up to us. It's up to us, parents, to go ahead and save them from this and say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to invest everything I can into my child. We think about raising money and how much money can I make? How much money and how much finances can I, can I take over, over the life of my career and my job or whatever it is I'm planning? I'm, I'm putting four, 401Ks together and 509s and everything together. I'm going to try to save money for my kid and set them up a little bit financially. Meanwhile, I don't have time for them when I get home. I want to set them up with an inheritance of finances. Meanwhile, I might be setting them up with inheritance of yokes of the enemy. How much are they taking from us? How much are we setting them up for prosperity or for yet another generational curse to be handed down to them for yet another generation? All the while, we come home and we go through our same battles. We go through the same fights that we've seen our parents go through or other people that we, we know so well and that we picked those things up on. It causes our minds, how do we react to our spouse? How do we react to our friends? How do we react on our job? How do we react to the pastor? How do we react to the people at church? I don't have to, to get into that. I don't, I don't want to, to, to go there now because they're doing this or whatever. Or they offended me. Whatever it may be, these things that we've inherited, these yokes, the enemy's saying, okay, there you go. Because now I've got you, and I'm going to keep you from doing what, I, what God wants you to do. Now that I've got you, I can do something with this. That's okay. Go to church. That's okay. Go ahead and get in your prayer closet. But if you're not taking these and fighting these yokes and understanding where the freedom comes from, then that yoke is just staying on. It's not going anywhere. And we're just saying, okay, to my daughter, my son, whoever it may be, here you go. Take this on into your life. Good luck in your marriage. Good luck on your, in your career. Good luck in the church, whatever it may be. I'm going to pass this down to you because I've never been able to defeat it. And there's so many people here Serving God that have had a yoke on it for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Something that we've carried. Something that we've not let go of. All we've been baptized in Jesus' name. All we've been filled with the Holy Ghost. 
But yet this yoke, this thing I keep coming back to, because every time I get offended, I'm going to go back to that place because it's a safe place. And it's easy for me to say, that's all right, I'm going to feel this offense and I'm going to take this offense out on everybody around me. Or I'm going to take this offense out on the church. I'm going to take this offense out on the pastor. I'm going to go ahead and take this yoke, and I'm not going to throw it down and say, God, you've given me a light burden. I'm going to go ahead and take this enemy's yoke and let it continue to gnaw at me, to gnaw at my family, to gnaw at my home, to gnaw at my marriage. My kids see it. Everyone around you sees it because you're caught up in that yoke. Stuck in it. And the enemy's saying, I've got you. That's all right. Go ahead. As long as I've got a little bit of a yoke on you, I can keep you in it. I'm thankful for when I was in, in my 20s, just going through a hard time, trying to figure out which way to go, what to do, how to get a stable job, a job that, you know, I can make something of myself, whatever it was, caught up in what the world was and what the world told me you needed to do, thinking, all right, I'll start serving God when I get it all together. You know, first I have to figure out how the world works and how to make money and how to, get, how to get a career. Everything was falling apart because God was saying, come back to me. I'll go ahead and give you the freedom. I'll take care of those things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And my righteousness. And all these things will be added. But I was caught up in that. Stuck. Going through the same things over and over. Every time something bad would happen, the same pity party would come out. The same feelings would come out. The same blame somebody else. I'm going to blame you. I'm going to blame them. I'm going to blame you. I'm going to blame my, my boss. I'm going to blame my friends. I'm going to blame the system. I'm going to blame the politicians. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Just blame somebody else. Instead of taking responsibility and saying, Lord, you're my freedom. You're my freedom. And when I was broken and lost, still, again, not serving God, but you know, God will still reach out to us. He'll still give you a lifeline. He'll still call on you. He'll still send you a word. He'll still reach out to you. He'll still say, I love you. I've got a better life for you. I've got something better for you. And I remember the next day, after having a hard night, something fell through. My mom called me and said, I woke up in the middle of the night. with uh, God woke me up and had me write a letter, 10-page letter. If you know her waking up at 3 or 4 in the morning when you got to get up at 6 or 7, she said, you better come get this and read this because I'm not, I didn't do this for nothing. Amen. And then it, God, just showed so much. She had no idea what she was writing, no idea what it said or what it even meant. And God just started saying so much, showing so much. I've shared this story before about growing up and, and playing baseball, and I played on a team called The Wise Way, and... Uh, I should have known by that team name that I was on the right team. But we were terrible. I don't know that we ever won a game. I have no idea. Our right fielder would grab a ball to throw it in, and it would drop behind him every single time. And I'm like, what is happening out there? And the coach told me I, I, I was good, so I played shortstop. I know our softball guys, again, I've said it before, would doubt that and say that's crazy. I don't believe you, but it, it was true, but we, we were terrible, and there was a team called the All-Stars. That should have told me something as well. But that's the team I wanted to be on. They were a little bit older, but they beat everybody. 
And that's the team I wanted to be on. And when I tried out, I don't know, a six, seven-year-old little boy, you have no idea. You don't know the politics of things. You don't know that these guys have been playing together for years and their parents all, there's nothing going to change. They're not going to take anybody new on that team. That is what it is. That's who they are. So when I didn't make it, I remember just falling into, that's when God showed, showed me that that's when this cycle started. A little boy. That's when the enemy said, now I've got this yoke on your life. Now I've got this yoke on you. So every experience that you go through for the rest of your life, every time there's any letdown, I've got you. And I'm going to take you down even further. And I'm going to make you believe that you can't do it. And, and those are all lies from hell. All lies from Satan. And I can assure you that each and every one of us have some kind of a lie in our life that Satan has told you this is who you are. This is what you are. And it's the defense me mechanism that you go to every time. It's the easy play. Oh, I'm hurt. Somebody just came at me. So here it comes. Here comes my defense system that I know I can kick into every time. Or I am going to have pity on myself and say, well, woe is me. Nothing's ever going to work out. And I'm just going to stay in this cycle for the rest of my life. That's exactly where the enemy wants you. Because that's where the enemy wants your children. That's where he wants your grandchildren. That's how he wants to keep passing down this yoke. This evil yoke. And that's what it is. But God slowly started to help me out of that. First was recognizing and saying, okay, this is where that came from. And then piece by piece and bit by bit, I was able to recognize it each time and say, there it is. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me. There it is. Now I see but that's what the enemy's doing. He's taking our children. He's taking our kids. And every time that we just want to dismiss them and say, I'm tired and I've had a busy day and I don't want to hear what the, how you drew this spaceman that has ten heads or whatever it is. This picture that I can't even describe what it is. I have no idea. But to them, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And they just want to share it with you. They just want to share it with us and say, can you give me some attention? Can you show me some love? Can, can you embrace me and, and love me? But we're so quick to just say, not right now. Not right now. So again, what inheritance are we building up for them? Is it a kingdom inheritance? Or is it a yoke of bondage that the enemy has placed on us that he wants us to pass down? And just continue to pass down. That's the bad news. That's the bad news. But the good news is there's a cross. The good news is there's a cross. The good news is there's a mighty God, a holy God, that is more powerful than any demon in hell. The good news is there's a God in heaven that loves you and cares for you and says, I don't have that plan for you. I don't care about that. I don't care what the enemy's told you you are. I love you, and I have a perfect plan for your life, and I'm going to do something with you. If you'll just come to me, if you'll submit to me, I've got a better plan. That's the good news. You can go into a dark room and light a match and be able to see. But if you go into a, a room that's completely light and try and darken it, there's no way to do it without turning off the lights, without shutting off the lights. That's our God. The enemy has no power. The, enemy has, the only power the enemy has is the, enemy that, or is the power that we give him. 
That's the only power that the enemy has over us is what we give him and what we allow. I'm so tired of us giving him more credit, giving the enemy more credit than he deserves. Because there's going to be a time when we get through this and we're on the other side and we're going to look at Satan and we're going to say, is that really what I was up against? He had no power over me. Lord, my God, you have all the power. Your name, I can call on your name at any given time. And that demon has to flee. There's no power in it. Take your heel right now. Everybody do it. Take your heel and smash it on the ground. Go ahead. I know it feels weird, but at first it's going to feel weird, but do it. How good does it feel? That's the serpent's head. That's the power that we have. There is no power that can overtake God. There is no power that can overtake us when we let this freedom yoke consume us. When we go ahead and say, Lord, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And now that's what I'm going to walk in. And I don't care what the enemy's telling me. I'm going to go ahead and rebuke that lie every time it starts to come into my mind. I'm going to rebuke it and say, your yoke is easy, Lord, and your burden is light. This is a lie from hell. It goes on to say in verse 2, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. 3 says, And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor and to keep, to keep the whole law. Verse 4 says, You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Five says, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And six, I love it says, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Too many of us don't even know what it's like to be loved. Too many of us grew up having no idea what it was like to be truly loved. I don't know that any of us truly know what it's like to be completely loved. Because every bit of love that we have to offer or receive has some kind of contingency on it. Pastors talked about it many times. There's something tied to it most of the time. Even with the ones we love the most, there's usually something that we're trying to get or something, that, or something they're trying to get from us. Whatever it may be. We love them with all their hearts, but there's something tied to it. But with God, he's saying, I love you. I completely love you. And that's what Paul's saying. It doesn't matter if you're following the law of circumcision or not. Just receive the love of Jesus Christ. Just receive his love. And that gives you the freedom that you need. When we love our spouse, our spouse, regardless of what they do or how they act, it gives them a much bigger freedom to just be themselves and then love us back. It's a freedom that God has given us. And the enemy is trying to take it every day, every waking moment. And we keep giving him openings every time. And then we blame God or we blame somebody else. Meanwhile, we've left that door open. We've somehow done something to let the enemy in. Meanwhile, God is saying, no, I am still the yoke of freedom. I am still where the freedom is. Just come to me and let me love you, and I'll take this off of you. I'll give you the freedom. Jesus' name. But it comes over time. The enemy just builds up these yokes. 
and puts on these yokes. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, the animated movie, The Star. Um, it's a, a Christmas movie told by the animal's points of view. I've got a, a daughter, so I've seen it countless of hundreds times. So, but there's a part of it. And actually, if you saw the Christmas videos where they had the, all the kids randomly asking questions and, and they were giving answers and they had no idea what was coming, but they were just answering random questions about Christmas. <clears throat> One of them was, what animals were, were there in the manger? And my daughter said, a bird. <laughs> and I said, and then my wife reminded me, the star, one of the main characters, is a bird. But in that, there's, there's, two, there's two mules, work mules. And they're just going around and around and around at the beginning. And the young mule's like, there's got to be something better than this. And, and the bird is saying, the, war, the royal caravan is coming through. And this mule just wanted to get out of that, out of that yoke. He wanted out of that yoke and to be able to go out and be a part of this royal caravan and, and do something great is what he said. And the older mule was just stuck in it. And he said, what's it worth? Why do you even care? Why are you even peeking through that crack to see what's out there? Because this is just my life. And that's what the enemy's done to so many people. It's made us feel like that old mule in that movie. He's got some of us so yoked up. We've been going around that circle so many times. Going around, going around, year after year, year after year, year after year. So much that the enemies just said, you can take the yoke off. It doesn't matter anymore. They're so yoked up, they don't even know what they're doing. They've destroyed their life. They've destroyed their family. They've destroyed their kids, whatever it is. It's all right. Just take them out of that yoke. It doesn't matter. They're stuck in it. Some people come into church, service after service, still letting a yoke have hold of them, losing the joy that they once felt. Andy Constable, we just heard this testimony. This broken man, battling with alcoholism, struggling, lost in his life, saying, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't know what else to do. He comes to church. He gets baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus. He's so excited, so thrilled, and loves that feeling and presence so much that some of us have forgotten. And we walk out of here without the joy that he's feeling. Meanwhile, he takes it to his job. And he's just saying, Lord, I'm thankful for what you're doing in my life. He's just praying and thanking God and saying, I know where I was three weeks ago. I don't feel that way anymore. Right now, the joy that I have, the joy that I feel is something that I can't explain. Something I've never felt before. And some of us have forgotten what that's like. And just said, it's all right. This yoke is easy over here. Forgetting that Jesus said, no, it's my yoke that's easy. Thinking that serving God is a, is a hard yoke. Thinking that giving up the things of this world is a tough yoke. But not Andy. 
The presence of the Lord consumed him because there was a soul saying, I just like what I feel. I just like what I'm feeling in the presence of God. And God said, all right, that's what I'm looking for. And he fills him with the Holy Ghost right there in his job, speaking in other tongues. God doesn't even understand it. He doesn't even know. He's just speaking in tongues because God is saying, that's all I want is somebody to just love my presence, to just love me. I just want somebody to say, Lord, I thank you. I just praise you, God, because I know what I just felt like, and right now I love what I'm feeling. Jesus, we got to break these yokes. We got to break these yokes. Our children are depending upon it. This church, your loved ones are depending upon it. It's a carryover of Wednesday night, I guess. I don't know, but too many people are depending on you. You got to break that yoke. I just saw, came across, I have no idea what made me click on it, but I saw it said, uh, a YouTube video said, first interview with a, an imprisoned uh, Charles Manson. <clears throat> and I just kind of piqued my interest, and I said, well, let me watch this for a second. So I turn it on, and if you've seen him, you know how he is, and you know um, he's a messed up, was a messed up person. But the thing that struck me was the interviewer in this little room with just him kept pressing him and saying, you're, you, you're a monster, and saying, why did you do this? Wanting an explanation, saying, why did you do that? Why did you do this? How could you do that? How do you feel about doing that? Meanwhile, Manson has no, no, a demoniac doesn't know. He didn't know the answer to those things. And I just, God or something spoke to me and said, this interviewer is wanting him to just answer the question like, oh, this is why. But it was years and years of yokes, little yokes. The enemy saying, your dad doesn't love you. Your mom doesn't love you. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You're going into this foster home. They don't care that you're getting caught up in this. They don't care that you're becoming a thief. They don't care that you're getting arrested at 13 years old. I know that that is an extreme example. And I pray to God that none of our kids, nobody from this church ends up on, on a similar path. But the simple fact is we live in a day and time where shootings at schools, churches, workplaces are abundant. What was happening 30, 40, 50 years ago, now it just happens daily. It happens continuously. And those are little years and years of yokes being built up. And that's why this week we're going to pray for our kids. That's why this week we're going to cover these kids that come in for VBS and prayer. We're going to plead the blood over them. Because Satan has no power over the name of Jesus Christ. Satan has no power over his children, over God's children. Satan has no power. The yoke of freedom is in Jesus Christ. Some of us need to break that tonight. If the musicians would come, I'm going to actually first, I'm going to see if our ministers, if we can continue in the vein that we were doing. If you can stand. If we have children here, workers here, I, I just ask that we can continue in the same vein that we were praying in before. 
Just say, Lord, break the yokes, God. Break open the yokes, God. Help us to feel the freedom, God, that you have. The freedom that comes with your love, God. Set me free tonight. Whatever it is, if you need to be set free tonight, tonight is your night to be set free. We talked about outpouring this week. We talked about a shift this summer at Pentecost. We saw miracles at camp. We saw mighty, a mighty move of God this morning. It doesn't have to stop right now. There's an opportunity that if you've been yoked up for so long and you don't have a way out, God will deliver you tonight. But more importantly, I want to come together again and just plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our children. Every child that's coming in this weekend, every child that's coming to VBS this week. At camp this week, we, had, we heard a testimony of people from the children's mansion down in Mississippi. It spoke so deeply and hurt me so badly, but at the same time gave me such an appreciation for what they're doing and for Jesus Christ. They told of a story where a young girl had been brought in the middle of the night. Somebody just brought her. She had cigarette burns all over her body. Her hair was matted, full of lice. Little girl. And and they said, well, what happened to your arms? And she just said, it's okay. Daddy didn't mean to hurt me. Satan trying to put a yoke on this little girl to say this is who you are. Nobody cares about you. But there's a God that cares. There's a God that wants to give us all freedom. And I'm not going to stop praying for my child, my daughter. I'm not going to stop praying for yours. Every child that comes into this place going to hold them up. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them. I want us to come together right now and just pray for this week. Pray for our children. In the name of Jesus Christ, if you'd come forward and pray with me. This is too important to let go. This is too important. These are our children who we love who God loves, that Satan is trying to destroy right now. And if we don't grab it right now, it could be too late. Because I don't know what mistakes are around the corner for them. I don't know what mistakes are around the corner for our young people. But the enemy is just saying, if I can just get a yoke on them, I can make this decision happen. And then I can make this decision happen. If I can just get them. But God's reaching. He's still reaching today. And Satan, you have no power over our mighty God. Can you pray with me right now? Jesus, we plead your blood over our children, God. We plead your blood, God. We take the authority of Jesus Christ right now over the principality of depression. Depression, you have no authority over our children. You have no authority over this church, over this congregation. Suicidal thoughts, you have no authority. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebuke pornography in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We rebuke spousal abuse in the name of Jesus Christ. We we rebuke alcoholism in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebuke drug addiction in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no power, Satan. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our children, over this church, over every Sunday school teacher, God, over every volunteer, God. We plead the blood right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We take the authority of the name right now over every principality that's coming into this place that Satan is trying to take to these homes. We plead the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. Go into every home right now tonight, God. Let your presence fall in these homes. Consume each parent, God. Consume us, God. Saturate our homes with your presence. Saturate this church with your presence. Cover us, God, with your presence. Cover us, God. Your mercies are new every day. We take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, God. We claim it, God, in the name of Jesus Christ over every home, over every son, every daughter, every brother, every sister. We claim victory in the name of Jesus. We claim freedom in the name of Jesus. Break the chains, God, tonight, right now, Lord God. Some people here right now tonight, God, have chains that have been put on them that they didn't even know, God. Tonight they break in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, church. Come together and pray right now. Break some chains tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Take authority in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. Right now, take authority right now. Rebuke it. If you feel led to pray with somebody, pray with somebody. Take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, chains are being broken. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, your yoke is easy. Your yoke is easy. Break the yoke of the enemy tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus.